You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about coaches' communication with players during a match. Uh, on the pod in the past, I've talked a lot about player communication, but today I want to talk about something that's actually really important uh, and something I learned a little later in my career, and that's you know effective communication between coaches and players. You know, whether it's during a timeout, whether it's in the middle of a game, in between sets, you know, there's a lot of different strategies we can use um, to deliver information to our athletes. And there's a lot of uh, interesting facets around this conversation that I think are important for coaches to be aware of. So this is an episode you definitely don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 158 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week of volleyball, and uh, I'm super excited to talk about today's episode. But before we get into that, listen, welcome to the podcast. My name is Coach Brian Singh, and I'm the host of the podcast. New listeners, Hope uh, hope you're ready to learn some things today. Um, in addition to you got 157 episodes to get caught up on, so it's a lot. And for my regular listeners, listeners as always, you know, which I appreciate you guys tuning in to another episode where the goal is to deliver value, tangible strategies that you can take back to your gym and apply right away. And I think today we are going to do that. You know, today's episode. Uh, I'm going to bring a lot of things I've learned from other coaches in addition to my own practice. And it's a, it's an episode that I've actually been waiting to record for a while because it's, it's an important part of our game that I'm not, I don't really think is being talked about in the volleyball world as much as I'd like it to be. Um, before we do that though, let's, let's talk about a couple updates. So tonight, uh, I'm actually recording this episode after a live presentation I did to our DVA members. It was the longest presentation. So I've been running DVA for just over three years now. And this is the longest presentation I've ever given. It's about an hour and 15 minutes. And the topic was in-game adjustments. That was the topic. And in-game adjustments, there's so much to talk about. And it took me three days to plan this presentation. Um, I've, it's not, no, no volleyball presentation has ever taken me three days to plan. This one did because of all the amount of information as well as like valuable things that I want our coaches and DVA to know so that they can take that back to their teams and apply with, you know, right away and they can, you know, see results, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So anyways, so today's episode is a portion. Now I would, I would even, I would call it like 10% of my entire presentation, but it's a very important 10%, which is why I wanted to bring it to the podcast and share with the listeners um, what I shared today with our DVA members. Um, and by the way, if, if you um, if you don't know what DVA is and, you're, and you'd like to know what it is, it's, it's, my, it's my mentorship program for coaches where I get a chance to work with coaches all around the world and, and bring them into my world. Uh, they get access to all the courses that I've created based on all the positions and skills in our game. 
you know, they get access to myself in our gym. So I do a lot of behind the scenes and show them what we, we're doing in our gym and some of the new strategies and things like that and, and how we teach our athletes the game. Um, and then they, they get to jump on coaching calls with me twice a month where I do live training like I did tonight. Uh, and they get access to reach out if they have any questions. We get access to a community of coaches. And it's, um, we've, I've designed DVA in the form of a coach's journey where no matter where you are in your coaching journey, uh, the way that it's structured is you'll be able to see exactly what you need to do next to take your next steps to become a better coach and take that next step to elevating your game as a coach. It, it's a really tactical way I've designed it because I know the journey of a volleyball coach. I, 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 I've gone through that journey. The only thing I haven't done yet is coach pro or national team. Um, so I, I've pretty much went through the entire journey and I know what it takes to get there. So anyways, long story short, that's what it is. Um, and if you'd like access to this training, in addition to other trainings that I've done, uh, just head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com and you'll get more information there. The other thing that I want to mention as well, if you're listening to this before August 12th or 13th of 2023, tickets are now available for sale for DVA Live. Now, you may have heard in the preamble, depending on when you're listening to this, but DVA Live is my two-day coaching clinic where I literally teach you how to how to create your championship program in a weekend. It's it's unlike any other uh, coaches clinic out there. It is one of the most high-performing clinics because you actually get things to take away with you. You actually get to build it and be hands-on, um, and it's an amazing. We, did it, we ran it last year. Coaches got a ton of value out of it, and we're bringing on some amazing guest speakers uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil anything. Actually, I guess I, I can. But basically, national level coaches. Uh, but anyways, if you want information on that, the links in the bio. Head on over to Digital Volleyball Academy as well, and you can access DVA Live 2023 there, and get more information on it there. It's gonna be great. Um, so tickets are finally available for sale. And if, if you if you if you register before July 5th, you get a really cool bonus included as a little incentive to you know to to buy before July 5th. So yeah. All right. Let's uh. Sorry, we're talking for about six minutes here. Let's talk about today's episode. How about we do that? So communication with your players. This, you know, this wasn't even on my radar until one of my first couple of years of coaching. We were at our provincial championships, which is which in the States would be your state championship. And I'll never forget this. After this was my first year coaching club. And after our first game. I was, no, not even our first game, after our first set, I was so frustrated and I let my emotions get the better of me. And after the first set, I gave it to our starting lineup. And I I basically, I don't want to say demoralized them, but it wasn't a nice way of speaking to people, to, to anyone for that matter. And I remember after that first set, some starters were like talking amongst themselves and I could overhear them and they were like, I don't even want to play anymore. And when I heard that, I was like, I made a mistake. And then even um, people that, you know, came out to me like, oh, you, you, you pulled a, you pulled another coach's name and they'd say another coach's name. And I was like, no, I didn't. I'm never like that guy. And, and I was, I was no better because I let my emotions get the better of me. And one lesson, and I, I mean, you could write this down. And finally, as as I've matured, and I mean, you know, I've been coaching this game for what fifteen plus years now. I, I I'm a lo- I'm a lot better in my delivery. But if you're driving, don't write this down. But this is such an important point when it comes to talking to your players: is your delivery of information is more important than the information itself. 
That's like lesson number one of this episode. I'm going to repeat that because it's so important. Your delivery of information is more important than the information itself. Because, and you, and I'm, it's like, it's the same thing in any type of position of leadership. And you may be able to relate to this coaches. Like if you listen, if you were in a job or you have a boss or boss's boss and you see, and you see leaders, you could tell great leaders of the way they deliver information versus people who can deliver maybe the same information, but do it in a way that's, that's not received well. So how do we, how do we deliver this information in an effective way? Well, first of all, we have to control our energy and emotions, okay? I could say the same thing in many different ways with emotion and energy and have it portrayed really badly depending on how I'm doing this. You know, easily if I was to say we played poor and I could say, you know, wow, you guys played so poor. There is energy and emotion because, you know, you guys really played poor that game. Different energy, different tone, different delivery. And that is a huge thing. We want to make sure we encourage, don't criticize. You've heard me say this on the pod many times. Encourage, don't criticize. Okay? I can say that they played poorly in many different ways by encouraging them to play better instead of demoralizing them. And this is one that actually, uh, I actually was showing examples tonight on the live training of how I've done this, but add humor when you can. Honestly, it's such an amazing thing, and it's so, I mean, I, and you don't have to be a funny person to add humor. I'm not a funny person. I mean, I mean, sometimes I can be, I guess, but I'm not a comedian by any means, and I'm not, I'm not like, you know, when I go up, when I go out with my group of friends, I'm not the funny one in the group. You know, I'm actually probably analytical or objective one, if, if, I, if anything, but I'm not the funny one, but I'm still, I'm still okay. Don't get me wrong, but so, you know, when I, <laughs> When I when I would uh, when I talk to my players sometimes you gotta add a little humor and what it does is if you're in a stressful situation close game you add some humor into there oh man it just de de-stresses the situation so much faster and it, it it puts your athletes a little bit more at ease and especially when they know when they see that you're not stressed and you're not tensed you know that body language that behavior tends to either either rub off on your athletes or at least bring them down to a level where it's not as stressed as it was okay so delivery of information from coach to athlete is so important okay i do want to mention something that's important as well because you know timeouts are part of are, are part of the game and i actually have an entire episode on timeouts as well uh, inside inside uh, in our podcast i actually you know i, I say it in the episode i i really believe i've I don't, I've mastered the art of calling timeouts. I think that's what the episode's called too. Um, if you if you go to Spotify, you can search it up, but it's it's called the art of calling and managing timeouts. All right, really, really, really. Uh, it, it was it was a great episode. I I, I enjoyed doing this one because I honestly believe that I've um I'm pretty good at timeout management. You know, I really I really do believe that, and I've been told that by many coaches. Anyways, timeouts. Okay. Lesson number two, tactical, not technical. It's very, very important. No one's going to learn how to pass a ball better in a timeout. It's not going to happen. So we don't want to do technical things. We want to do tactical things. All right? Not technical, tactical. You can make an adjustment. You can do, you can tell, you know, like the middle blocker, for example, take away five. Don't take away one. That's tactical. You know, we can say, hey, the mismatch is on the right side, smaller blocker. Let's go to this. That's tactical. We can drop a play on the iPad or on your clipboard. 
That's tactical. That's what we want to do. That's the type of communication we want, not technical. Which leads me to point number three, which is use your clipboard or iPad. Honestly, this is such a game changer. If you're not using a clipboard or, or an iPad, I really, really recommend you doing it because there are even, and this is not even a high level conversation. We could talk about this at 14U, 15U. When, you're, when you make a timeout, there are times where you might want to drop a play or show them where they need to go. If you're, te- if you're teaching younger age groups, this is not technical. This is tactical. If you notice that a player is going left, uh, the, t- the other team's going left side and they keep hitting deep one, well, you can show your players on your whiteboard, your clipboard, or your iPad where they're hitting and where to be. That's tactical. So really, if you're not using a clipboard or an iPad, I recommend it. And I recommend using an iPad. iPad is so much easier. Use the app called Coachboard. Uh, and that will help you draw out things and draw arrows and all that stuff. So it's easier for you to communicate with your players, you know, visually what you're trying to say. And I'll actually take it a step further. You know, if I don't want to burn a timeout and I want to show a player where to be, I'll just draw it on the iPad and show them right there. And then they'll know where to go right away. I don't have to burn a timeout and they know where to go based on, based on a specific attack that I'm noticing or, you know, whatever the case is. So use a clipboard or an iPad. That, that point number three is really important there, okay? You wanna, you wanna try to implement that, okay? Another important communication piece between coaches and players is having a plan, a staff plan for your timeout management. So for example, okay? And I showed this tonight too with our coaches of how we manage our timeouts and like, you know, for the, 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 I mean, I'll try to describe the clip, but basically it was a clip of me talking to an athlete. So I had a sidebar conversation with an athlete while my head assistant was engaging in discussion with the players. And then as I came over, the assistant coach transitioned out of that conversation and I came in and I continued where he left off at. It was like such a smooth transition, but we, we have it down to a science. That's because as a staff, we have a plan. So if you are coaches, by the way, and you have a, if you have more than one coach, if you, if it's yourself and an assistant coach, that's, that's enough. If you have more than that, even better. But have a plan for timeouts, whether you're going to encourage sidebar conversations, you know, whether one coach talks about offense versus defense, one coach talks to the setter, you know, whatever, whatever you want, maybe, maybe you have a defensive coach that's going to be speaking during the timeout. You know, whatever the case is, have a strategy in place because in those 60 seconds, you know, the coach communication to players has to be strategic because you don't want to waste those 60 seconds. So have a plan. You know, we do. It's very simple. You know, we can have, I'll have my assistant coaches. We'll have sidebar conversations with players if they need to. After that, and I'll wait about 10 to 15 seconds and then I'll go into the huddle and then I'll, I'll say my piece just to give them enough time to say their piece. And then as I begin to talk, they'll finish up their conversation and then they'll come in the huddle all together and then we'll continue um, whatever I'm, I'm going to be delivering at that time. Okay. And again, the iPad comes in handy in this situation too, because if I need to draw any plays out, I can do that. Um, and we're good to go. Okay. The next point I want to make point number four in this case is how are you communicating with your players in between sets? So write this down, or unless you're driving, don't write this down, but do you have a plan? Okay, we call it a three-minute plan. Do we have a three-minute plan? And what does that look like? So these are some things you got to think about because there's a lot of things happening in between sets. Who's doing the lineup? Are you doing the lineup or is an assistant coach doing the lineup and then you sign off on it? Okay, who's talking to the team? 
Or maybe you're letting them talk by themselves. Okay? Maybe the team uh, takes two minutes to talk to themselves and then you talk for the last minute. You know, whatever, whatever your plan is, okay, it's up to you. Sometimes in between sets, I may not even say anything. I may not even say anything, okay? Now, in terms of communication and strategy here, it goes back to everything I've just mentioned about managing your emotions, being objective, okay, nothing technical. What I do, what I like to do in, in between sets is I like to focus a lot on the positives. So, hey, we did this really well. Hey, our defense was fantastic. We're being really aggressive. We're reading really well on defense. I love the pipe shot. Pipe shot's working for us. I want us to continue going back to the pipe shot, you know? But here are some things we can do to improve. Unfortunately, we're not exploiting our mismatches. You know, the middle is swinging five, and we, we're not able to take away five, even though I've told you guys we got to take away five. Or maybe I haven't told them. Now I tell them we got to take away five because that forced them into swinging one, a shot they haven't been doing all, all match long. Now we're being tactical, and we're giving them specific instructions that they, they can go back into the game and execute. All right? So whatever your style is, that's up to you. You got this is the great thing about being coaches. You got to figure out you got to figure out your style. What is your style of of communicating during those three what is your what is your plan? Everyone's plan is going to be different. What is your style of communicating that? Okay? But that is a skill in itself is this delivery of information. That's such an important point. All right. Now let's talk about during match. Okay? During the match. Uh, I might have, have I mentioned this? I, I might have mentioned this before, but I'll, I'll say it again. Really, really be involved in the match and not just sitting down on in your coach's seat behind your clipboard, engaging in conversation with your other coaches. Because there's a lot of things that happen. And, and I, I, I can't remember where, when I've, I've mentioned this on the pod before, but anyways, years ago, when I coached club, um, one of the parents we had on the team was a detective. And I think this is this detective was uh, was their negotiator. Does a lot of negotiating and a lot of in, um, what's that called? Interrogation. There's a lot of interrogation. So they have a lot of tests that they do. So he did an analysis on me during a match, and he came up to the with the conclusion that our performance as a team was significantly better when I was standing on the sidelines versus when I was sitting down in the chair. And I've been very aware of this over the course of my coaching career. And I believe that even with after even with my college team, that remains to be true. So if there, there's something that's to be said about that. Now I don't know the science behind it, but I can I can say that maybe it's because the players feel your presence, they feel like you're part of it, you're in the game with them. Whatever it is, it's important that you're there and you're there with them. And you're just as engaged. Okay? So Really be on the sidelines. Now, I don't want you. I don't want you talking the whole twenty-five points. Like, they don't need to hear twenty-five different things after every single point. But just be involved in there and then say your piece when you need to. Okay. Uh, really, really uh, great point here by my mentor John Surprise. Use hand signals. Everyone knows English. He always says this. Use hand signals. Everyone knows English. It's true. So come up with your hand signals. You know, you're you're gonna have hand signals with your setter about what plays to run and things like that. Use them. Okay, everyone knows English, so use it. Here's an interesting point too. Use the libero to transfer messages to players. Remember, your libero is always going in and out. And sometimes if you may have just a small point to make, so instead of burning a timeout, have your libero transfer the message. Maybe you want to have, 
you know, your middle takeaway five or six. If you can't communicate, you should be able, you should be able to communicate that with hand signals. But let's say you want to tell your your left side your left side who's on the furthest furthest away from you to maybe start swinging the line because they're giving him line or start making this shot. Well, tell your you can tell your butt, hey, you know, deep one is open. Let, tell 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 your left side to swing there, and they'll go in and pass the message along. It's really 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 good. You know, simple, effective. Use your libero to transfer messages. Um, I also want to mention use your voice sparingly. Okay. I mentioned this a little bit just a second ago. Do not talk on every point. Don't do that, okay? They don't need to hear you on every point. Use it sparingly. Be objective, okay? And and that's a, that's a skill in itself to use your voice sparingly, believe it or not. But do that, okay? Um, I already mentioned using your clipboard or iPad to communicate, you know, drawing something really quickly, showing your player, going back, really easy. Uh, and keep your conversations in the match very brief, especially uh, when you're not in a timeout or when you're in, you're in the middle of a match and you want to deliver a message to a player, very brief. Okay, you got to think about it. Your players are in the moment. They're 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 taken in the game. They got to jump right back out and get ready to focus on the next serve or whatever the case is. They got they don't have time to process what you're saying. So you got to be very very brief so they can process at least something. Okay. Um, I want to bring my uh, my mentor back into the John Spara, and this is super important during the match communication during the match. Really really believe in this is energy matters okay this is something that he that he speaks to he's big on energy energy matters these are things you have to be aware of and you might want to write this down be aware of body language and you you would you may have heard me I, I say this all the time on the podcast body language is contagious just like it's contagious for your players when they have bad body language it, it creates a bad vibe on the court when you have bad body language as a coach it does not do anything positive for you for your players because now what what if anything it's going to have a negative effect if you have bad body language you know your players might be afraid to make a mistake and, and, and you know there's all all these things could happen if you have bad bad body language so be careful with that enthusiasm can drive but only for so long it's another point you might want to write down it, you know if you and I, I tell my players this too if you're in a match you're playing playing in set one and you're celebrating going crazy after every point by point 20 you're going to be exhausted and that's going to affect your play if you're going ah yeah let's go on every point well by by point 20 you're exhausted you might not even have a voice so you gotta you gotta make sure you have enthusiasm because that could definitely drive you but you have to be at moments there's moments to have that enthusiasm, big kill, big block, big adjustment. But on a serving error from the other team, you don't need, you don't need to go crazy. All right. Um, another interesting point that Spra makes here: anger and frustration. Use it sparingly, and only for attitude and effort. Okay, so there is a time and a place to ha- to use your anger and frustration to help motivate. And that is when you, you some of the words that you might saying is, hey, we're better than this. We can be better than this. Come on. Let's, you know, like using that anger and frustration. Okay. So like in a timeout, there is anger and frustration on my part all the time. But, you know, I'll say stuff like, why do we practice? You guys are better. You guys can be better. We just need to, and, and I'll, but I'll do it in a motivating way, not in a discouraging way, you know, and be, and that's important. So you only want to do it to help with that effort, with that motivation, 
Okay. Now you can do it to make them aware that they need to change, and you can do it to check their attitudes if there are there if there are any. But you got to be very careful with how. Again, it comes back to that delivery of information, right? That delivery of your anger and frustration. Okay. And the last point that Spra made this this is taken right out of, right out of his stuff is be who you want them to be. Be who you want them to be. It's a really, really great point. Um, I, I, I really like that. Okay. A um, couple other things I wanted to mention when it comes to communication with your players in a game. Um, talking to players about next set adjustments are important because that way they know what to come. So one of the things I mentioned tonight was sometimes the best time to make uh, adjustments for the next set is actually during the course of play because then because you, you're in it right now you see it make a note of it and then you can address it to your players so sometimes so there's a little side note here is during the course of play you might want to make some notes on what you have to adjust for the next set okay now here is something that is important about uh, your plan substitutions now I'm not going to get into substitution I spent some time talking about it tonight but one thing that I want to mention about substitutions is explain your substitution patterns with your team. This is part of your coach communication with your players. Okay, If they know kind of what your plan for substitutions are ahead of time, because you should have a plan ahead of time, by the way, it may help mitigate confidence issues. You know, like if you know that if you say, hey, listen, if you're serving two or three errors in a row on a serve, I might have to have a serving sub for you. Well, that, that's a pretty simple, that's a, you know, that's very common, but your, but your players are going to know about it. So they can see, and it's not—it's nothing personal. It's just they're gonna make you're gonna make a change so that we minimize our errors. Oh, really, really simple. So having a plan and letting them know that plan ahead of time is is really good. Okay. All right. Let's do a little quick recap here uh, on some of the things that I talked about on my live training, but things I wanted I want to bring to your attention about coach communication. Okay. So we started talking about timeout management. All right. Tactical, not technical. Remember that. Tactical, not technical. Your delivery of information is more important than the information itself. That's such an important point. You should write that down. You should, you should really, really embrace that. Control your energy and emotions. Encourage, don't criticize. Add humor when you can. Humor is something that I've never even thought of until I started becoming a later coach, as I started getting more advanced in my coaching career. And I, and I started to understand how important humor is uh, as our, you know, part of our job. Use the clipboard and iPad. Use it. You can use it during games while gameplay is going, like, you know, during the, the outside of a timeout or outside of in between sets. You can use it during a timeout, draw up plays, show positioning, all that great stuff, okay? Have a staff plan for timeout management. Coaches, who are coaches talking to you? How, how do you have sidebar conversation with players? Have that plan in place, okay? Um, we talked about the three-minute plan in between sets, and man, this is this is all going to be up to your style. You know, who's doing lineups? Who's talking to the team? Is the team talking to themselves? Do you split up like two minutes by themselves, one minute you, or 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 mix up the, the time accordingly? Figure what your three-minute plan is, but have a three-minute plan. Okay, very very important you have one. Communication during matches. We talked about the use of a clipboard as well. Hand signals. Everyone knows English. Okay, using the libero to transfer messages to your team, to your players, using your voice sparingly, okay, not using it on every point, okay, having 
making sure the conversation is brief but tactical and obviously using the clipboard and stuff like that. Okay. John Spira's main his big mantra here, and I love it. I use it. I think it's very valuable. Energy matters. Okay. Be aware of your body language. Remember, enthusiasm can only drive so much. We can't be enthusiasm the whole match. Okay, you got to use choose and choose when and we're gonna how and we're gonna do that. Anger and frustration, use that sparingly and be very intentional about how you're gonna be how you're using your anger and frustration because we don't want it to rub off in a negative way. It's supposed to be used to motivate. Okay, and then be who you want them to be. What a great saying. Be who you want them to be. Okay. Um, the last thing I talked about a little bit of um, next set adjustments. You, you know, be, being very intentional about that. And then sharing your substitution patterns with your team. It will help mitigate confidence issues. You know, share your 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 substitution plan with your team. And as well as making sure players know when they got to sub in. You know, yeah, you're going to be a serving sub. This is when you got to be. Know it so that you don't have to look to your bench when, when it's their turn. They already know. And they're already entering the substitution zone when they need to be. Okay? So that's that. Really, really hope you got some value out of today's episode. Um, listen, if you want to know more information about DVA, head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com, get access to this training, plus a ton of more. And I just literally mentioned like not even, probably not even 10% of the training tonight. So that's that. If you're listening to this before August 12th or 13th, DVA Live, get your ticket to DVA Live. All right, go to digitalvolleyballacademy.com. You can find information about DVA Live there as well. All the links will be in the show notes. And that's it for me. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. I'll see you guys next week. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.